Welcome to Confessions of the Queer Believer, exploring and reconciling issues of religion and queer identity in the Black community. I'm your host, Kwame. First of all, let me just welcome everyone to today's episode. Uh, on today, we have a special guest, uh, uh, Los Angeles native Jade Cobb, and we'll be talking more about her shortly. But I just wanted to highlight this week's uh, major victory on June 15. We had, by a 6-3 margin, uh, the U.S. Supreme Court ruled that Title Seven of the Civil Rights Act of 1964 a provision that bars discrimination based on a, on a number of characteristics, including sex, applies to discrimination on the basis of sexual orientation and gender identity. Uh, that's a really monumental victory for mm-hmm. the LGBT community and definitely will be protecting a number of employees from being disciplined, fired, or turned down for a job based on their sexual orientation. That, so that's really good news, Jade. <laughs> it is. It, it is. is. Praise God for that. Yep, yep, yeah, for sure. All right, so uh, I, I, I probably was going to do an introduction, um, but I, I would probably say you a little bit more about yourself later. But uh, the reason I have Jade on this podcast is uh, I've been doing a lot of research and um, I came across Jade's thesis and um, the title of her master's thesis was For the Bible Tells Me So. Mm-hmm. And it specifically, specifically focused on the relationship between the LGBTQ uh, community and the church. So Jade, welcome to Confessions of the Queer Believer. Uh, and I just wanted to tell me a little bit about yourself and tell me a little bit about how is it in LA now? <laughs> for sure. No, thank you, Kwame, for having me. Um, yeah, as you said, I'm Jade Cobb Dozier. And I um, did this thesis about, what is it now, two full years ago. And uh, yeah, it's just been a total process. I was raised in in the Black church, and um, the first night of class, we we had a, our professor let us know that we should start thinking about our thesis ideas. And um, I sat there like, I just want to be my fullest self, my most honest self. And what do, what matters to me most right now is, you know, battling the two identities that make make me who I am, and you know, influence my everyday and my thoughts with, you know, my, my connection with my family and my friends and, you know, my, my girlfriend at the time, who's now my wife. And so I uh, sat there on that first night and, and came up with the idea. And then the title came, you know, a couple months later, but I had the, the idea that I'd focus on queer black Christians and their relationship with the church, but you know, the black capital C church. Right. 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 That, that, that's really good. Uh, so, Talk to me a little bit, because you mentioned that you were actually raised in the church. What mm-hmm. was that like? I mean, as a <laughs> as a lesbian, knowing that when how when did you know that you were? Yeah, yeah. So I, right, yeah. So I uh, was raised in a in an LA Baptist church in in Watts, California, and um, Baptist churches are are very homophobic. And uh, at the age of fourteen, I I knew that I liked girls in the way that you know, people told me I was supposed to like boys. And 
at the age of seven, I was baptized. And so I sat there seven years later in what felt like a safe space, not feeling so safe, not feeling so um, cared for if I, if I went along with what was myself, if that makes any sense. And so I, you know, it took me a while. I, I was quote unquote in the closet. I was in the closet for a very long time, Kwame. I, it took me what I found out at 14, like, honestly, okay, I like girls and didn't tell anyone until I was 22. And so that's a long time to, to, to struggle and Mm -hmm. to, you know, feel like no one can handle this, this, side of me this part of me and so I'll tell no one and and yeah I, it took me a while I was afraid for a very very long time and and did your were you ever able to tell your church or your family um your family clearly is religious how how did they yeah how did they react to that once you told them yeah so I I uh I started with uh the most important family member to me, which is my mom. And um, I had just finished my undergrad program. And um, the next day I was home and we went to breakfast and I told her and I, you know, cried. And we were at breakfast at one of our favorite spots. And I just was crying and people were looking like, what's going on over there? But I was just telling her like, mom, this is who I am. And I've been this for a very long time. I'm gay, I'm Christian. And I feel both very strongly and I hope that you can, you know, understand that. And she was so, so loving, so warm and um, just really wanted to hold that with me as much as possible. And um, yeah, I ended up telling my uh, more more members of my family um, along the way, but it took a lot of prayer to tell each person. And with most, it was, it was a very, very easy conversation. And um, and that, you know, sure provided I, a lot of clarity right. for and them. I'm sure. I'm sure your mom was. Uh, was she surprised when you told her? Honestly, I think if you asked her, she'd say that she was surprised. But I don't <laughs> think you know, like yeah, they say I don't, moms know, right? <laughs> moms, I really think that she she knew all along, just because I had never brought anybody. You know, there have been boys when I was younger, but from what, 14 to in my 20s, there was no boy that I cared about or, you know, brought up to her. She didn't have to, you know, worry if I was, you know, doing anything with a boy. And so um, I feel like as a parent, after a while, you're like, okay, my my daughter has something that she may want to tell me one day. And she'd always say like, Jade, if you have anything you ever want to tell me, you know, you that fear that I was struggling with stopped me from connecting with my yes. mom in that way and and your mom showed you complete love when you shared that with her and that, that she that, did that's amazing that's she amazing. did and i am very blessed because that is not everybody's story yes. and yes she's sure. she's always been very very supportive mm-hmm. all right and the, i guess I, I wanted to now touch a little bit now on your thesis because mm-hmm. you you actually did um you know some serious research into this particular matter. Talk to us about some of your findings. I know you hinted at what motivated you uh, to look at this particular areas of the study, but talk to me a little bit in detail about what were some of the findings based on your own research? Yeah, so I, number one, was able to realize that I wasn't the only one who was struggling with this. When I started conducting research, um, I really wanted to focus around LA since 
that's where I'm from. And um, one of my advisors instructed, like, you can connect more with with your your thesis if it's super personalized in this way. And, you know, focusing on L.A. and the people that I interviewed, um, it really just shined a light on the community that I was also just learning about. I'm learning about myself and I'm, you know, learning more about my community through through the, the data, the data that I'm able to find and the people that, you know, are willing to talk to me. And so just learning that I wasn't the only person struggling with my faith and with my sexuality. Um, and yeah, just also seeing the different um, black churches that are homophobic and, you know, there are different stances and a, a lot of them will say that they're open to people and, you know, you sit in their, their congregations and it's, it's not such a loving space. And so, um, just learning how to decipher um, safe spaces for, for queer Blacks and those places that pretend to be safe mm-hmm. was a huge finding for me. Yeah, and, and then you would have spoken to some persons, done interviews with people who would have been in some non-affirming spaces. Yeah. Uh, what was that like? Were they able to tell you about their struggle? Um, you know, how, how did they feel, you know, being bottled in almost in, in some of these spaces not able to express who they really are, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it was it was um, very eye-opening because we were all going through the same, sometimes the, what feels like the same thing, um, just knowing I am, I am lesbian and I am Black and I'm Christian and I go to this, you know, non-affirming church and it's a code switch. You know, I go to these places and they may not know who, exactly about my sexuality because I am feminine and so I that keeps me safe and if if they don't ask I'm not gonna you know say anything and and to balance both of those things to sit in a church and hear homophobic preaching you know you leave that that service feeling away you feel heavy and you know it was for for those who I interviewed who have felt that and are dealing with that it's it's such a a thing to to carry until you find a safe space to to worship god and and that's even a push you know like Mm -hmm. you you're raised in this and you know your sexuality is is not welcome in this space but it's a tradition so to change your mind to change the tradition takes a lot of you know courage and Mm -hmm. the desire to want to change and to want to be where you feel welcome and where you can, right. you know, bring your partner to, it felt so, it felt so great to be in a, a church space where I knew I could hold my girlfriend's hand, mm-hmm. you know, like the things that I never thought I could do. Right. I would always bring her around, but we had to sit apart and, not, you know, not right. so close and not so, you know, too loving be, because somebody could be looking, yes. somebody could be, you know, ready to say something after church is over. And if you think back to to your own experience in in the church that you were raised in the Baptist church, did you experience any kind of guilt listening to these sermons? You said you knew at 14. You Mm -hmm. clearly would have heard sermons aimed (laughs) at your your sexuality. Yeah. Were you very confident about who you are and simply did not care? Or did those sermons affect you? Did you suffer with guilt? Because I know at some points in my (laughs) own life, I I struggled with that. (laughs) No, Kwame, that's a great question. And um, yeah, I said in church many, many a Sunday, many a revival night as we'd uh, have once a year. And um, 
yeah, just felt really uncomfortable. And, and those were also the times where I just didn't feel secure in in my sexuality and, and battling with my faith. And so I would feel very heavy and feel very uncomfortable and, you know, try to keep a straight face and to not, um, to not show that I was super offended, but I, I definitely was. And it took me a while. And I, um, as I was doing this research, I was really able to, to see that sometimes the black church, it resembles white supremacy when it comes to the love and understanding of queer people mm-hmm. because we're we're a place and we're all serving God and all we all love God and we're black and you know these are our traditions and our our upbringing and and once we to turn on the hate that is not of God it it's something that attacks queer people and trans people so so firmly and they feel so so right in that stance and mm-hmm. it's overwhelming and a lot of people have you know turned away from god because of the people who consider themselves to be god's people and i i feel for them and it's it's very frustrating because i i understand yeah. why why that could happen because it it could have happened to me it luckily yeah. it didn't but a lot of a lot of people, a lot of queer black people, refuse to go to church because of the people yeah. that have hurt them. Absolutely, and 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 I can relate to that so much because I, I remember my own struggles in terms of you know wondering is is the church really for me? Mm-hmm, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. Because yeah. of the behavior of some of some, but you know I, I think the truth is that we have to be so confident in who we are. But but that's right. that's a struggle. Yeah, uh, and then. You clearly had some recommendations based on your own research. And I, I guess the question that I would want to ask you is, how do you think the Black church can help to mend the relationship um, mm-hmm. with, you know, Black LGBTQ congregants? And um, when I speak about this, I'm really speaking about the churches that are non-affirming. You know, yeah. um, what can they do? And and, and we're re- we really want to move beyond just saying, oh, we we love <laughs> we love the <laughs> sinner but hate the sin. Right. Ooh. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. yes. So, yeah. What do you think? And what were some of the probably the recommendations that you came out with in, in terms of your yeah. church? Yeah. I well, my first thing is I feel like the the black church has to want to mend that relationship. You know, I you there has to be a an eye opener and you know um, the realization that a lot of people a lot of pews are empty because of how you've you've treated people, how you've hurt people and refuse to reconcile with that. Um, many black churches refuse to acknowledge the presence of their full congregation. Um, the church sees, doesn't see people like, like God does. God is not hate. God does not condone that hate and mistreatment of anyone. And right now is a crucial time for, for black people. Like, we need to lean, you know, lean on on God and lean on that that prayer and that that worship and that that cry out of of God. We need you in this time, and and that the Black Church needs to to understand that. And I feel like you can't be a part of the Black Lives Matter movement and not include the LGBTQ community. Like the church is pushing us away in a time where we do not need to be pushed away. Mm-hmm. That, that needs to be a thing of the past. And I can sit here with you today hoping that that'll happen. And I, I really don't know, but I 
my prayer is that God puts that on on their hearts and and even if he doesn't that there are I want people to know that there are affirming places for them that are black churches that are you know um sections of of black churches that are very very black very affirming and you know making a way for the black queer christian today yes Absolutely. As you mentioned that, Jade, you know, I saw a post on Facebook this week by a black um, a Christian, and he he was actually warning uh, members of, of 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 his faith, I suppose, that uh, we should be cautious of the Black Lives Matter movement. Mm, mm-hmm. And his yeah. his problem with the whole thing was that I suppose he he felt as though it was embracing the struggle for all black lives, mm, including mm-hmm, the LGBTQ mm-hmm, community, mm-hmm, <laughs> which mm-hmm. which he got a lot of opposition and people dragged him, so to speak. And yeah, yeah it was just really crazy that you know, we, we should emphasize that in this time, uh, we should also understand that when we speak about Black Lives Matter, we're talking about all Black lives. Yes. And, and yes. Um, you know, it's it's just one of those things which we have to also ensure that we are included. You know, in in mm-hmm. this whole 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 um, journey as as we yeah. move forward. Yeah. We're being killed. We're being targeted. Mm-hmm. All Black people are being targeted. Yes. Yes. A lot of trans women are being targeted, and that that needs to be. Yeah. highlighted and supported by all black people mm-hmm. yeah yeah and and i think the church which has such a powerful voice and especially mm-hmm. a number of religious mm-hmm. leaders who have also served ha- as uh civil rights leaders yeah uh, you know they exactly. have such a crucial role to play in mm-hmm. terms of ensuring that all all black lives including LG- the lgbtq community uh is yeah. affirmed and then i i wanted to go back a little to your own religious upbringing and socialization. Mm-hmm. And, and you did mention this to some extent already, but if, what would you, what do you think had the greatest impact on your own, on your own struggle to come, mm. to come out um, mm-hmm. sooner? Cause you said you came out at 22. Yeah. But what do you think was the main obstacle you would, I would yeah. say in terms of coming out? <laughs> Yeah, I I was just really afraid. Um, I thought I'd lose everyone mm-hmm. and everything when I was not only just honest with myself, but with those around me. And um, yeah, it took me a long time and I did a lot of praying and um, made the decision to, to come out and to leave my homophobic church and was very nervous. Um, I sat with a few of the people from the church and express why why I wasn't coming back and had very hard relationship you know had um mm-hmm. a very hard conversation and um just realized like God is within me yes and he is not just at this on this corner on this street in this you know section of Los Angeles I can experience God in my home while I'm walking to work mm-hmm. you know like he is not just here and I I can't I can't worship God fully when I'm uncomfortable and when I'm, when I don't feel cared for, I can worship God when I'm uncomfortable, Mm -hmm. but I cannot, I can't be the full me if I feel like God, God's people are not for me. Mm -hmm. And I, I honestly don't, 
consider them to be of God because how hateful and how hard those those people are and how hard those feelings are towards people who need you know the church was was structured for for bringing people in and caring for them as they are and and that is not what's going on and so I had to go and um you know I never thought that I'd be married mm-hmm. I, I honestly <laughs> thought I'd be single and right. alone because of that fear and you know I saw a comment yesterday that said God placed the best things in life on the other side of fear and I I read that and you know almost cried because it's like yeah this is that's what it took. I had to step outside of my fear, mm-hmm. outside of myself, and to know that God is bigger than any problem that I'm facing. And he can, you know, let him hold that, Jay. Don't right. don't hold on to your fear so so much that you're not even moving. You know, I, I didn't move for eight years. Yes. I stayed silent for such a long time because I didn't think I was worthy of of love. I didn't think they'd love me. I didn't think they'd care for me anymore. And, you know, there are people that I'm not close with anymore, but there are so many people that I'm closer with now Absolutely. because of, you know, me telling the truth and, mm-hmm. and just being myself. And I, I thank God for that every day. Wonderful. And you, you mentioned that you were married. How long have you been married now? Two years now. May was two years of That's marriage. Wonderful. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. wonderful. That's so amazing. And I'm listening to you and it is clear that you are very confident in who you are. Um, One of the main aims of this particular podcast is to be able to reconcile, for persons to be able to reconcile their own faith with their sexuality. Mm -hmm. Uh, Talk to us about your own journey uh, in terms of those affirming spaces that you have found. Um, Have you been able to find churches? Uh, You did mention that. Um, how has that felt? You know, yeah. if you think back to the, the old church that you were a part of and the now affirming church, how has that felt? Because that must feel extremely different for you. Yeah, it does. It 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 does. And um, doing the research, I really wanted to make sure that I found and represented the prominent churches out here that are affirming and are, you know, um, geared towards the Black community who is you know, been hurt by the church and is seeking a safe space and, you know, new community. And so, um, yeah, I found a few. And when we, when we moved back to LA from San Jose, I, uh, I went to a couple and it was very nice, just a breath of fresh air, um, to be in a space where I knew I, I'm welcome here. They see me here. They want to get to know me for me. Um, and that just felt really nice. And there are places I want to you know, um, shine a light to those who are listening that there are places do that research. Um, it took a a couple searches on, on Google for me to really find, (laughs) you know, find some, and you've mentioned, uh, gaychurch.com before. And, you know, I was able to find them and get some, some research from them as well. And, um, yeah, there are places, there are places for black people. There are places for black, black queer Christians who have been hurt and, you know, want a place where they can just, just be. And I've, I've brought my mom and some of my, my family who is not gay and, you know, they feel loved and cared for as well. And it's just really nice. I, my mom, um, she shared after I invited her, like, this is a great place and I'm so happy that you found them. And, 
you know, they're, they're just really loving. And, you know, to know, I think for my mom, it was to know that she, that she could understand that God is not just at, at this one church. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, it's an eye opener, not just be, you know, Mm -hmm. just because Mm -hmm. you're older doesn't mean you've got it all figured out either. And so it was really nice for her to see like. Experience for her too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. She loves, she loves coming with us. Take her on your own journey as well. Yeah. She's, she, she asks a lot of questions and, Mm -hmm. you know, that it took me a while to just to understand why she had so many questions, but it's her getting to know me in a new way. And yeah, I've been able to bring her along for as much as possible that's wonderful that's wonderful and and then i guess uh as as we wrap up there are a number of our our black brothers sisters Mm -hmm. you know um who are who are all across this the the, you know not only the u.s but um also in the caribbean where i'm from yeah the, the concept of affirming churches is is not as prominent as it is in north america or even mm-hmm. someone who might be listening on the continent of Africa, um, who where that might not be so prominent, um, perhaps mm-hmm. only in South Africa, but the other countries where homophobia is rife and where there are actually very stringent homophobic laws mm-hmm. um, for that young man um, or for that woman who knows who they are but and, and loves God, mm-hmm. <laughs> but is struggling. Yeah. What what are some what are some what would you like to say to those people who are still going through major hurdles? Yeah. You know, just trying to figure out how how do I do this? Yeah, for them to them I say that I that I understand this struggle and you know, send love and prayers their way right now wherever they are, wherever they're listening because because it's real. It's it can be paralyzing and there are many nights where you're just sad and you know, you feel that pain and you don't know who to trust. And my advice is to hold on to God's love and to know that God sees you for who you are. God's love is stronger than those who use his name to to condone their evil messages about us. And um, I'd recommend that they, they talk to someone, talk to a friend who understands or seek counseling because you know, it, it helps me and it it's very important and provides a great balance to life and to to really um, to seek someone to talk to. The struggle makes you feel like you're all alone. And like I said earlier, I, I thought it was just me and a, a couple of people dealing with this. And it's not. It's it's a struggle for a lot of people. And um, once you know that you can, you know, place yourself, you know, part of a community and realize that you're you don't have to handle it all on your own god doesn't want you to handle this all on your own and he's there for you and has put resources there for you as well that's amazing jade thank you so much for that Mm -hmm. uh it it has been a such a refreshing conversation um you know just to i've you you're this is the third episode and you're the (laughs) second guest and um you listen to one of the uh, the first episode and, I listen to both now. I'm a oh, huge fan. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you yeah. so much. But, you know, I'm really hoping that we can continue these conversations, mm-hmm. um, sharing these conversations, building a network of people. You mentioned a website earlier. 
uh, gaychurchi.com. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, there are a number of resources there, not only churches that you can find that's close to you. I think you can put mm-hmm. in your zip code. Yeah. You can also find a number of articles, actually, for some persons who might be interested in digging deeper into scripture or, or reading books, you know. Yeah. So, um, and something I recommend as well is that for persons, I've often said it, it's so very important what you feed into your mind. And we have to be so careful that we're not feeding into our minds uh, consistent conversations, homophobic conversations. Yes, and, yes. You know, if, if you can find a church, you know, that, that's within your tradition, an affirming church that, that streams something online, then do that. You know, if, you can, if you're not able to physically get somewhere, then find something that will build you up and that's, go- and not, that's not going to tear you down. So, so that, that's what I would say. But thanks so much, Jade. It's been a pleasure. I'm hoping we can have a conversation again. Oh, uh, for sure. Soon. For sure. And um, thanks so much. Um, I'm hoping, how is it in LA today? It's, it's good. It's, uh, we had a lot of, um, of uh, celebrations yesterday for Juneteenth. And oh, yeah, I think yeah, they're yeah. still going on uh, today as well. But now it's, it's feeling good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Every night. June from, it's really the end of May, all of June. And then July, is, it's just fireworks every night. <laughs> yeah, there, there, there's quite a lot happening in our land as well for, for yeah. celebrations here. So mm-hmm. thank you so much. Thanks to everyone for joining for this episode of Confessions of the Core Believer. Feel free to send us an email at cotqbpodcast at gmail.com. Or you can also send us a voice message if you use the Anchor app. Thanks so much again, Jade. And we will talk. Thank you. Until next time. Bye-bye.